Well, it falls to me just for a few moments to try to follow that and to bring everything together with a little talk called, What is Christmas All About? And we've, if you've been listening carefully, it's sort of been threaded there as a theme right through all of what the children have been doing in their sketches and in their songs and their readings. Uh, as I prepared for this morning, I thought that, uh, like David, I would check out the World Wide Web to see if I could find an answer to the question. So I did a Google search on what is Christmas all about? And in a matter of seconds, well, not even a second, 0.23 of a second, and if you're still using old money, that's about a quarter. Uh, about a quarter of a second, uh, the search engine returned 39,600,000 suggested reasons where I could find the answer to what Christmas is all about. So I found everything from a message from Charlie Brown and Linus on YouTube to a definition in Wikipedia, which is a free encyclopedia on the net, that informed me Christmas is typically the largest economic stimulus for many nations. Uh, maybe not in credit crunch time. but uh. So then I typed in Christmas must-haves 2008. And again, just in a split second, it returned just short of 9 million suggestions for me to add to my wish list should I wish. According to the Toy Retailers Association, the TRA, among the must-haves for children this year are the following. Now, boys and girls, what I want you to do is look at the screen, and as each of these things come up as suggested Christmas gifts, if you want one of those, just put your hand up. <laughs> and mums and dads, if you haven't got that sorted already, that's your problem. So the first must-have for this Christmas, boys and girls, is the high school musical dance mat. Whoa, who would like one of those? Who among the boys and girls would like one of those? Who among the adults would like one of those? Yeah, okay. Well, let's put that in the sack below the tree. There it goes. That's away in the sack. So maybe somebody's getting that. It's in the prezi bag. Now, there's another thing. I think this is pronounced... Uh, Bagugan warrior action figures based on Chinese cartoon characters. They're sort of magnetic marble pop-ups. So, any of the boys want those? Oh, some of the girls as well. Okay, let's put that in the sack as well then, Andrew. Thank you. Now, this mask will help you speak like a character from Star Wars. Who would like one of those? Wow. There's some very big kids in the, in the congregation today. Uh, also, if you want to speak like Star Wars, just stand close to me and get this cold, and that'll, that'll help as well. Okay, that goes in the sack as well, Andrew. Thank you. Now, how about all the little girls? Are you watching very closely? Because this baby-born doll has a flashing musical potty. <laughs> wow. Whoever would have thought such a thing. Anyway, anyone want this, this baby born doll for Christmas? There's some really serious guys needing a talking to afterwards. Okay, that goes in the bag as well, in the sack. Now, how about some cooks? Because this cupcake maker is one of the must-haves for Christmas. Oh, wow, that's... Mums and dads, that's very popular. Just don't try going to Woolworths for it. There's a bit of a queue there, I believe. Okay, okay, that goes in the sack as well. 
Now, I wait for the awes and ooze, because this puppy-sized puppy comes with towel and goggles, and the little stray swims all day. It's a puppy to take in the bath with you. Who'd want one of those for Christmas? Okay, yep, David Martin's wanting one of those. Okay, in the sack with that. Now, who's this character, guys? Anybody recognize who this next one is? Who's that? Who is it? It's Elmo. Yeah. Round of applause for Elmo. Well done. Okay. Yeah, okay. And this new version of the Sesame Seed character, this one can sing and dance. Okay, that's one to bring to church with you Christmas Sunday morning for Mr. Granger to play with. Oh, no, sorry, we don't dance in this church. I forgot about that. No, no. It's a, well, sing anyway. Anyway, that's one of the must-haves. The eighth one is a life-size golden retriever called Biscuit, who obeys six different commands. Now, I was going to use some adult humor and say that, that a golden retriever called Biscuit will go down a treat in some eastern countries, but uh, that would just, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Who would want one of those? life-size dog that obeys six different commands. Okay, that goes in the sack as well. Wow, we're going to have some Christmas this year, aren't we? Okay, we're nearly there. This is aimed at the younger kids. Opsa Daisy is a character from the TV show In the Night Garden. Okay, any of the little people want one of those? There's a few hands up. Okay, in the sack with it. Okay, this is for the older guys. Boys and girls, because wearers of this watch can transform themselves into alien superheroes from Ben 10. Okay, we'll be having one of those as well then. Thanks, Andrew. In the sack. Uh, can I just point out that the boy didn't actually go in the sack? Because that just would be wrong, okay? We don't, we don't, just for all sorts of reasons, we wouldn't do that. I don't want mums and dads coming to me afterwards and saying, you shouldn't have done that, because they'll try that at home now. No, the boy didn't go in the sack, just the watch, okay. Right, okay, Catch a Beast is an electronic game that requires the player to rotate their body to search for invisible beasts. Okay, I think we're having that as well. In they go. And this is the last must-have for 2008. It's a pocket game console which allows kids to create their own digital appearance by choosing their face shape, their eye, and their skin color. So if you don't like the way you look, you get one of those, and all things is going to be changed, apparently, digitally. Okay, we're having that as well. In the sack with it. Wow. What a bumper sack for Christmas morning. Uh, I, just, I, I hope you get what you want. If you're getting a tie and socks, then you just be pleased with it, because that's also important. But is that what Christmas is all about? We talked about that earlier on, didn't we, in some of the sketches? Because while that's good to have and fun things, that's not really what Christmas is about, is it? Remember, just a few minutes ago, we had a reading that told us about an account of the first Christmas story. We had various readings that talked particularly about this family here that's coming up on the screen. Who's that there? Who you recognize what that's a picture of? It's a picture of Jesus and his family. What was, what was his mom and dad's names? Do you remember? Mary and Joseph. And who are these people that are visiting in this picture? Yep, down there. The three wise men are there. Who else is in there? 
the shepherds are there. Well, we all have an, a, a, at least a basic understanding of what Christmas is about, don't we? Because we've heard it either in school or Sunday school or church, or maybe we've even heard it by listening to some songs or carols being sung out uh, last Sunday evening. We had a Christmas carol service in the gardens just across in the square when some of us went out there and like the carolers in the next picture, we sang Christmas carols and listened to the Christmas story being told. But for just a brief moment as I close the service today, I want to talk about the first Christmas or what it's like for one group of participants in the story. I want to talk about the shepherd's story this morning just for a few moments. There's some real shepherds uh, in real Palestine out tending their flocks in the fields outside Bethlehem. Now, what the adverts would have you believe is that Christmas is for those who can give and can give generously and lavishly. Uh, I remember sometimes even as a little boy how the adults would say, we wish we could give you more. And I would think, well, just don't wish it, just do it. You know, just get real here, you know. And, but sometimes it can be about giving and giving and giving. But that can put an awful lot of pressure, uh, particularly on mums and dads, because we, we can't always afford to give to our children what we would like. Now, the first witnesses to the birth of the Savior were probably penniless. The shepherds didn't have anything of their own. Uh, in the legend, uh, that is the story that the shepherds brought a lamb to Jesus, but that probably came from uh, Christina Rossetti's Christmas carol. certainly didn't come from the Bible, and we've got the verse there comes up. What can I give him, poor as I am, if I were a shepherd? I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can I give him, give my heart. Now, although some of the shepherds would have owned their own sheep, most of them were just hired hands. And the message that the shepherds, uh, the fact that the Christmas story came, first of all, the shepherds brings hope to people who feel that they have nothing to give. God's grace, God's goodness to us is such that even though we've got nothing to give him, that we can receive his gift with gratitude. So the first thing, the shepherds felt they had nothing to give. Secondly, they felt that they were not important. And maybe as a boy or a girl, maybe as an adult today, you feel, well, in the scheme of things, you're not really that important. Well, the shepherds identify with who you are, and you can identify with them. They were the most despised members of society. The shepherds were despised by the majority of the population. Uh, they were thought of as thieves and, ro and rogues, kind of robbers. There's a phrase in the Bible that says, at the time when the census was being taken, that in the same country there were shepherds in the fields at night. So they're not even being counted as part of the population. And all the populations come together, oh, and there were shepherds in the country as well. They're not even considered worthy of being counting. They were like non-persons, and yet God comes to them at Christmas time. Uh, as others scurry around Bethlehem, Oh, I like that angel who said, give me my trumpet, I'll make some room. Uh, I think I'd have you know, the conviction of that angel if I'd been one of those. But people are scurrying around Bethlehem there for the census, and the poor shepherds are passed by, left out altogether. But you know, while being ignored by humans, they were acknowledged for their full worth and their full potential by heaven. And so they found that they had something to receive. They were told specifically to them by the angels, that today, to you, to you non-persons, to you unimportant people, to you specifically, is announced the birth of the Savior. 
Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. Now, we will really lose the significance of that if we don't understand something of the background. We heard that in, in the sketches that for hundreds of years, that the people in Palestine at that time were looking for someone called a Messiah to come. And he didn't come to the rich and famous. He didn't come to the royals. He didn't come to the political leaders. Do you know, he didn't even come to the religious people. He came to people who were, as far as society were concerned, just not even on the scale. Not worth anything. And the Messiah came to them. And as a result, the shepherds found that they had something to share. The shepherds, appreciating the meaning of Christmas, went away full of praise and bursting to tell others. In Luke 2 and verse 18 it says, And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. That's the shepherd's story. Do you know, I have a story. And, and you have a story, boys and girls. And as we share our stories with others, we can offer them hope. We can help others to realize that they're not alone, that God does care about them, that He does understand, that He does see them, that they're not isolated because you're interested in them and they're not marginalized. They're not pushed to the edges where they don't matter. So the angels announced to the shepherds that despite their lowly position or their worth in society, the birth of Jesus was good news of great joy for them and for everyone who recognizes the true significance of the, Christian, of the Christmas message. So in conclusion then, our Christmas story. What is your Christmas story? What's my Christmas story? It's a story of how God willingly entered into human experience. One of the words that describes who Jesus is is the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. Just imagine that. We, we, we saw it in the angel sketch, how the angels were looking out into the whole of the universe and seeing huge big planets and stars and galaxies and, and solar systems. And there's a tiny little insignificant planet called Earth. And God's concerned about that. And on that Earth, which is big compared with us, we might feel that we don't have anything to give. And God's interested in us. And God comes and enters into human experience and he lets his light shine into all aspects of human darkness. So apart from all the things that we put in the sack there in anticipation of Christmas morning, Jesus is the best present you could ever receive or give to others. For some of the children, but definitely for some of the adults, let me just read some verses from the Bible. In Romans 6 and 23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus is a gift, and eternal life is a gift. Jesus says that eternal life is that you might know him and the God that sent him. And that's a gift that we can receive at Christmas. And it's not one that we're going to throw in the sack to have sometime in the future. It's one that we can have right here and now. In Romans 5 and 8, it says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we have that reflected again in our readings and in our sketches. That Jesus had to come and he had to die. He did not just be born as a little baby, but he had to grow up and as an innocent man be crucified for the sin of the world. And one final verse. In John's Gospel, John says that he, Jesus was in the world as an adult, as a baby, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. 
The shepherds recognized them. The angels recognized them. And today, some people recognize him, but not everyone. He goes on to say that he came to that which were his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet, to those who received him, you see, because the gift is given, but the gift has to be received. To those who received Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And then he goes on to say, and that is what we are. That's what you are, if you believe in Jesus. So Christmas, what it's all about. Bottom line, take this away with you. Jesus is what Christmas is all about. Jesus is what Christmas is all about. And if you've not received Jesus as the gift that God intends him to be to you, boys and girls, men and women, you can open your hearts today and ask Jesus to come in and take control of your life. He really is the gift that brings salvation to you, that brings light to your darkness, that brings hope to your despair, brings life to your death. Let's pray, shall we?